0: Most of you are familiar with the story of Robin Hood. Uh, Remember the story of uh, medieval England and knights and all of that. And poor Robin Hood is forced into a life of crime because of the rule of evil King John. King John is the brother of King Richard, the rightful king. And Richard is away on the Crusades. He is feared dead. They don't think he'll come back. So John takes this moment of confusion and usurps the throne. The nation is thrown into chaos because someone is pretending to be king. The wrong person is pretending to be king. We live in a world Like the world of Robin Hood, where it's hard to tell right from wrong, where the good seem to be punished and the wrong seems to be rewarded, all because the wrong person is claiming to be king. So in the story we are going to read this morning, Pharaoh and Moses, the Egyptians and the Israelites will all see for themselves what happens when the wrong person pretends to be king. Stand with me in honor of God's words. We open the Bible to Exodus chapter 7. The Lord answered Moses, See, I have made you like a god to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, will be your prophet. You must say whatever I command you, then Aaron, your brother, will declare it to Pharaoh so that he will let the Israelites go from his land. But I will harden his heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh will not listen to you. Wait a minute, did I read that right? I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you." Does that bother you? I mean, sit down just a minute, let's talk about this. Oh, I I know, this is God's Word for God's people. (laughs) Hear it, believe it, and live. But but sometimes we read the Bible too fast. Sometimes you just read Bible, I know what this means, da da. da." But does this bother you? Does it bother you that God is telling Moses, you're gonna go preach to Pharaoh, you're gonna go give him my truth, but Pharaoh will have no chance to respond to you. Now listen, I grew up Baptist. And Baptists do an invitation better than anybody else, okay? Every, every tradition brings its gift to, to, to the Christian witness. Baptists can do the invitation. We're better than Episcopalians. We're better than Presbyterians. Put us up in, in evangelism, uh, uh, evangelistic invitations. We do it better than anybody. Come on, be honest with me. Some of you went down and got baptized again. There was nothing wrong in your life, but the invitation was just so powerful. You just had to do something. We got Baptists who are all wrinkled up. They've been in the water so much. Because we're that good at the invitation. Now, if you grew up like I did, you always think that you have a chance, a, a, a choice, that there's always the moment for you to respond to, to the invitation, and if you don't respond, we'll just keep singing just as I am to you do. <laughs> but that's not what it says: Pharaoh will not have a chance. I will tell you what to say. You will tell Aaron. He will tell Pharaoh, but he will not listen. Why? I will harden his heart. That bothers us, doesn't it? That God would make the decision to cut Pharaoh off. As it makes us wonder, will he cut me off? Will he cut you off? What are we to do with this? One, uh, we have to get back to the very foundation of everything, okay? Now, you and I do not, did not grow up in a time of kings. We do not understand that there, are people, there, were, there were times when kings would rule and people would have absolute authority. Our president has lots of power, but that power is held in check by Congress. That power is held in check by the Supreme Court. That power is held in check by our laws. There was nothing that held Pharaoh in check. If he said you lived, you lived. If he said you died, you died. There was no appeal. He could take your land. He could take your children. He could take anything he wanted. He was king. There was nobody who could challenge his rule. People understood that. That was the way, quote, it was supposed to be. But because we we now live in democracies, we think God has been elected to his position. That we voted... We really like God. I'll vote for him. And we think he stays in power at our will. Let's get back to the foundation. God alone is God. And he can do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, however he chooses to do it, You and I, I'm going to put this down in Alabama terms, you and I don't have a cotton-picking thing to say about it. You've always seen the bumper sticker, right? God said it, I believe it. That settles it. Uh Uh-uh. Your vote is not required. God said it, that settles it. Now, if you agree, great. If you don't, it doesn't change. Okay, some of us think that we elected God. No, God is God. God can do with Pharaoh whatever he chooses to do. And if that's what God chooses to do, then that's what God chooses to do, and you and I live with it, you and I accept it, and you and I understand that whatever God chooses to do, it is the right thing, it is the good thing to do, because that's who God is. it's hard for us to understand that when God says it is. Now also understand this is a future prophecy. God is telling Moses what will happen soon. Hasn't happened yet, but it will happen. It will get to the point where God shuts Pharaoh down. It won't start there. But that's where it goes. And that's what he's telling Moses to be prepared for. Be prepared for the time when uh, when Pharaoh will not listen to you. In fact, he will not even be able to hear you. Understand that's where we're going. So be ready for it. But let's look at the story. Moses comes to Pharaoh. And the Bible tells us that Pharaoh hardens his own heart. There's another plague. Moses comes to Pharaoh. We're told Pharaoh hardens his heart. That gets on until somewhere in the middle of those those plagues when Pharaoh should be able to figure out, this is not going to end well for me. Right? It takes two dots to draw a line. If I've got two dots, I can draw the line. I can tell where it's going. We've given Pharaoh three or four shots. You know where this is going, Pharaoh. It's not going to end well for you. And he keeps on hardening his heart. Then the story changes. And God hardens his heart. Now, that, that makes us uncomfortable because we think Pharaoh should get a chance. Right? That, that's really not fair. Right? And, and let's understand, there's a lot of pressure on Pharaoh. Okay, Pharaoh from the little boy has been told that he's God. Pharaoh from the little boy has been told that all of Egypt depends on him. He's responsible for the weather. He's responsible for the crops. He's responsible for the insects. He's responsible for when the Nile floods. There is a lot of pressure on this little dude. Okay, and now all of a sudden somebody walks in and says, Hey, we're going to take all of your laborers away. We're renegotiating the labor contract. And Pharaoh's under a ton of pressure. No, you can't do that. And so he says no. And he keeps on saying no. And it makes us mad. It frustrates us because we we think God's not being fair to to Pharaoh, right? So how many chances does Pharaoh get? Do you remember Simon Peter? He comes to Jesus one time and says, how many times do I forgive my friend? Do I forgive him seven times? And when we preach that sermon, we always beat up on Peter. Huh, you'd only forgive him seven times. Uh, Jesus said seven times 70, 490. Forget the number of of times. You're not going to count to 490, so keep forgiving. Now, we always pick on Peter because he only said seven times, and not one of us would forgive anybody seven times. Right? Not one. Now, we would do once, okay, man, I understand you slipped up. You're, I forgive you, no sweat. Twice, okay, dude, this is twice now. Just pay attention. Three times, uh-uh. Three strikes, yeah. Right? Federal law, three strikes, you're out. We're not going to, you wouldn't ever hear anybody say, that's the seventh time you've done that to me. I'm not going to take this anymore. You don't ever hear that. How many times? How many chances does Pharaoh get? Well, if he got one, it's more than he deserved. If you get one, it's more than you deserve. Now, Here's what makes us uncomfortable about this. We're taught, we believe that it's always up to us. That God extends an invitation. God offers an invitation. God invites us. God pleads with us. Sometimes God begs for us to come and be part of his kingdom. And we hear it. We consider it, but we're not going to do it right now. Uh, we want there to be certain guarantees. We want God to, uh, to ensure certain things happen, and we'll get God, back to God at, at an appropriate time, and we'll call the meeting. We'll tell God when we're ready. We'll let God. We always assume it's our choice. It may not be. There may be a time when God lets you feel the consequences of your choices. And it's not just about salvation. Because salvation is the beginning point, okay? It's a starting place. There's lots of invitations and lots of commands past the beginning point, okay? God will, after you become His child, then He'll ask, He'll uh, command you about growth. There'll be certain things He tells you to do, certain things He tells you not to do. And you will answer. As you answer, you will grow, and there'll be more and more and more. But if you ever say no, you stop. You don't learn lesson two until you get lesson one. There's no social promotion in the kingdom of God. You can be the tallest first grader in God's kingdom. <laughs> he will not promote you Till you do, this. you do this. Then we'll learn this because all of the lessons are built on faith. You learn to tithe. Okay, and that's a big thing. When you're newly married and you talk to your wife, you talk to your husband, are we going to tithe? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, and, and, and 10% of nothing is a lot when you're broke. And some of you made that decision, just like Jeannie and I did. And the tithe hurt, but you learned that Jesus keeps his word. And from that, you learn, if he kept his word with $15, $20, he'll keep his word with $100. If he kept his word in a small matter like that, he'll keep his word in, the, in these life and death matters. See, that's where you learn. But you don't, you don't learn the second lesson until you learn the first lesson. So how many chances? How many times do you say No. before it's not your choice anymore. Oh, Mike, that's not fair. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can't we stop right now and just praise God that it's not fair? Huh? Can't we, can we just praise God that nobody gets what they deserve? Amen. No, it's not fair. You have one choice, one chance. It's more than you deserve. It's more than I deserve. And Pharaoh had lots of chances. And then God let him live with his consequences. You see, every one of the plagues, every one of them went at something that Egypt worshipped. God seemed to be saying to Pharaoh, listen. I'm going to let you and your idols go as far as they will take you. And let's see how far that is. So the Nile that they worshiped turns to blood. Frogs can't live in that. They leave the Nile, they go into the city. Everywhere there are frogs. Big frogs, small frogs, slimy frogs, wet frogs, dry. I experienced this in a little bit In ninth grade biology class, (laughs) when one of my classmates unlocked the refrigerator door in biology, and all of those frogs that we were going to dissect later got out of the refrigerator, there were frogs everywhere, under your desk, in your desk, on your legs, on your hands, behind the refrigerator, and we didn't find all of them so they died then we had the flies just like the Bible says had it all in ninth grade biology class (laughs) every one of them one of the goddesses of Egypt has the head of a frog one of the gods of Egypt has the head of a fly and the last one the last one is Pharaoh himself Ah, he is the son of Ra, the great sun god. And my son is the grandson of Ra. And when I die, he'll be the son of Ra, and he'll be the sun god's child who rules Egypt. And God says, Let's see. So let me ask you this Pharaoh. If God was to come to you, what idol would he attack? Two things. One, God's not going to let the wrong person pretend to be king. Two, he's not going to let his people stay in slavery. Now what we've done in in postmodern, post-truth and all that, we have divided the world into two spheres. There's a secular sphere, that's science, that's finance, that's all that. It has its own rules, its own kingdoms, and its own idols. We have the spiritual sphere, that is values, that's uh, religion, and the two don't have anything to do with each other. So you live this way on Sunday, and you worship these gods on Monday. When did God give up that secular sphere? When did God give up being Lord of finance, being Lord of creation? Never works out well when the wrong person pretends to be king. He's Lord of it all. And let's be honest. If the Lord was to confront you and me here in Williamsburg County, it'd be money. We work hard. We deserve what we get, right? We've earned it. It's important that we live certain places. Certain It's important that we keep up certain images. It's important to have that first impression. And you've been in situations and And you've known that money can't take care of you no matter what, but you keep on putting it off. And you harden your heart until the time comes when God makes the choice for you. Do you know how many conversations I've had with people who would look back over their life and tell me I would trade everything I had to get my family back. I would trade everything I have to get my health back. Oh, no. You chose. And God will let that idol take you as far as it will take you. But there's some places it can't take you. So how many chances do you get? Do you know the best news out of this story today? I know i cut it off short. The last verse we were going to read today was verse 7. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. It took God 80 years to get Moses ready to lead this moment. 80 years, 40 years growing up in in, uh, Pharaoh's court, 40 years learning how to live in the desert. 80 years and you're finally ready to lead. 80 years old and Moses has not run out of time. Maybe you and I haven't either. So how about it, Pharaoh? I don't know how many more chances you have. I know you have this one. I know you have this one. Let's pray together. The head's bowed and your eyes closed. I'm just, you know, I tell you all the time, I wish I could walk person to person. I wish I could talk to you one-on-one. But there's not that kind of time. It's there's, there's not that kind of moment. But let me do the best I can. When the choice came to be made, what did you do? Did you trust the false gods of this world and the false promises of this world, thinking that they could take care of your life no matter what? What? Hear me, it never turns out well when the wrong person pretends to be king. Sooner or later, you'll be left with the consequences of your choices. And the choice will be made for you. But you have this moment. For some of you, it's as easy as becoming part of this church family to use your gifts and talents to work with us as we share the good news of Christ to our community. For some of you, it's the first time you've thought about it. Now you know you need to get serious. Now you know you have this chance. The only thing you know is is you've walked in here with, with too many burdens, too much pain for one person to carry. You've made mistakes, you've made bad decisions, and now you think you're trapped in the consequences of them all, and you're not. Christ died on a cross to free you from those consequences. His resurrection gives you a chance for a life of purpose and hope that is yours and yours for for the asking, for the receiving this morning. I know I'm saying a whole lot, and and, and it's confusing sometimes, and it's hard to figure out. I don't expect you to have it figured out. That's why I've got my friends waiting for you at the table says, next step. They're waiting for you right now. They answer you questions. They can pray with you. So you can leave this morning free, God's not going to let the wrong person pretend to be king. And he's not going to leave his children in slavery. And that means you, I beg you, do not leave this moment And not having made that choice. Lord Jesus, every life is now open, every heart. So we pray the choices we make are exactly what you want.